Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome back to Not Another Mummy podcast with me, Alison Perry. We talk so much about different aspects of motherhood on this podcast, but what about that all-important decision on whether to actually become a mum? My guest on this episode is Kate Lawler, who's currently going through what can only be described as a journey with her fiancé, Bodge, to decide whether they have a baby or not. Kate, who we all know from winning the third series of Big Brother and who is now the drive-time DJ on Virgin Radio, is currently hosting her own podcast with Bodge. Maybe Baby follows the couple's quest to find out more about everything from conception to pregnancy to birth and beyond, hoping that it will inform them and help Kate decide whether she wants to try for a baby or not. I loved my chat with Kate. I forgot that we were recording the podcast at times. We were just having a natter. If you're currently in the same place as Kate, I'm hoping that you'll find our chat helpful. So I'm here with Kate. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is so nice to meet you and have you on the podcast. Thanks for being here. Um, I kind of grand building. Yeah, we're at um, Virgin Radio because you uh, do the drive time show every day, don't you? Yeah. So I'm in early today. People are like, what's going on? I'm so grateful. You come in early. You come to work early just to meet me and have this chat, which is so good. I know. Baxter and Shirley are not happy, my dogs. I bet they're I not. left two hours before I normally oh, do. Oh, no. They're, they're fuming. No, they're not really. It's fine. <laughs> Take them on some extra dog treats later <laughs> to make up for it. I give them loads anyway. But I feel like you are somebody who is, um, we're a similar age. I just turned 40. You're about <sighs> to turn 40, yeah. aren't you? But I feel like you are somebody who has been part of my, not my culture growing up, because... Big Brother was around when I was in my 20s, mm-hmm. but it was in that kind of early 20s. Um, and when it was on, it was it was huge. It was. And everyone was talking about it. It was the kind of thing where you would go into work and have a conversation about what happened last night. You would chat to your hairdresser, your taxi driver, your plumber. Didn't matter who it was. Everyone had watched last night's Big Brother and had an opinion on yeah. it. It's a bit like how Love Island is now. Yes. Because I hear conversations on the tube about Love Island everyone in the office talking about Love Island. I thought to myself once, this is how it must have been when Big Brother it was started. It was bigger. I mean, you must have seen it with season one and season two of Big Brother mm. because you obviously hadn't been on Big Brother at that no. point. And it was just this massive talking point, wasn't it? It was. It was 
it was also like a really early stage for reality television. So there, everybody was really excited for this new uh, style of TV that nothing had been done like this before. So I don't think you had any... Did you have any reality TV? I guess Pop Idol, because I do remember Pop Idol being on the same year I did Big Brother. But it's different because it wasn't live. No. I mean, obviously the live shows, funnily enough, were live. Yeah. But that's very constructed... That was very much like a live Saturday night TV entertainment show. Oh, yeah, like entertainment show, that would have been it. But Big Brother was more of an observational doc. It was a documentary. It yeah. really was a kind of uh, a social experiment more than a reality TV show. That's how it began. Yeah. And so even in my series, there wasn't too much kind of acting up or behaving in a way that people knew would get them votes or it wasn't contrived yes no contrived no it wasn't contrived at all so I thought that was really good and interesting actually that's why I did it because I thought this would be a great way to spend a summer with the potential of winning 70,000 G's and you did you won it what a touch who was it was it between you and Johnny at the end yeah Johnny from Big Brother I love him Johnny Regan (laughs) I like how you call him Johnny from Big Brother Johnny I forgot his last name just for a second but it's Johnny Regan I love him and do you know what we stayed in touch for so long and last year I think it was last year it could have been the year before Johnny and Alison Hammond and PJ PJ um, PJ who got the BJ yeah. um, <laughs> we, we all met for a little reunion Aww. and it was just so much fun Yeah, it was like we'd only seen each other a year ago but it had been 16 or 15 years it must have been a bit like a school reunion yeah, it was. In that, that you guys all went through this amazing mm. kind of life changing experience and you've all gone your separate ways and you're all meeting up mm-hmm. and catching up. It must mm. have been amazing. It was just like a school reunion. It's what I imagine school school reunions would be like. And and we just had a giggle. And there was one point where we were sat in the Malmaison Hotel in Birmingham and this group of people, group of women, they were, I think they were on a hen. They were like, excuse me, you Alison Hammond? And they went, excuse me, you came, hang on a minute, were you all on Big Brother? And they were all... <laughs> They were all super excited and stoked that four of us from the same series were having a reunion. I'm not surprised. That would be the best hen party treat ever. We had photos and we were talking to them all about the series. Oh, it's really nice to kind of get nostalgic about something that really did change all of our lives. Yeah. So, yeah. Big Brother, that that was a wild time. It was the beginning of quite a hellenistic period in my life. Um... I'm not surprised, though, because to become that famous that quickly... I went off the rails. I really did. Most people would, I think, mm. in that situation. I found it hard to cope with the fame side of it. Like, walking into to that house, unknown, just a member of the public, and then coming out, where there's no social media at the time, so yeah. everything was printed in papers and magazines. Cover of Heat magazine. Cover of OK magazine, cover of Heat, cover of every single newspaper you could imagine the next day. I was presented with these papers by the company that like looked after us from the moment we came out of the house for the next couple of weeks, and it was just the strangest feeling and at that point you've had no media training it's not like you've had you know years of you know advice and support in that in that area nothing it was it was exciting it was a bit nerve-wracking going out and just being mobbed but it all dies down very quickly within six months you can go back to your normal life no one cares everyone's like oh yeah you want oh no one cares anymore and then the next series starts and the hype is around the new housemate so but I did yeah I found it difficult to to cope with the fame bit so then I what I did was I thought I'll stay living in Beckenham because people a lot of I don't know not not my agent but there were a lot of people I met saying we should move to London you should move to central London and I thought I don't want to be in that bubble I just want to stay close to home 
stay close to my mum and dad and my grandparents and so that's what I did for a, for a few years before I moved to Birmingham to work in radio and I think that really helped me stay grounded um, but I also kind of went off the rails a bit with my lifestyle so started DJing started drinking taking drugs and it was it was hedonistic 20s so how long did that last for because obviously now it feels like you're in a different place yeah you're not in that I've grown up (laughs) I've grown up Alison I think those were what like 20 23 to 27 those four years in fact probably to 2008 9 I'd started work at Kerrang Radio and I realised very quickly that I couldn't keep up this uh, hedonistic lifestyle uh, as well as do a full time radio show so one had to give and I thought right sort it out Lola or you're going to lose your job sort it out which I did with Capital I worked with Andy Peters doing a Sunday show in 2003 and I would come in to that radio show having not slept wow mm. I only did that once and I threw up twice on the way to work and I thought this can never happen again. What was Andy saying? Was he like... Oh, he was the most wholesome, loving... Uh, he'd been up since 6am, he'd done a marathon and baked 12 loaves of banana bread. He was he was like, hi, and he'd prep all the show. I'd just come in and oh, sit no. and be like... Oh. So you were like two extremes. I got, I got a year contract and they never extended it and I don't blame them because there was mm. no way that I was taking that job seriously. But I don't believe everything happens for a reason, but I believe that I wasn't meant to do that job at that time. And I had to go off and do my own thing, which was learn to DJ. And also, like, maybe actually it did happen for a reason in that it taught you how you should or shouldn't behave at work or or not kind of almost like wasting amazing opportunities that come your way to take certain things seriously. Yeah, you're right. You're completely right. I guess I don't like that that saying. I just don't like that phrase. I think it's so cliche. Everything happens for a reason. But... At that time, yeah, I was probably not meant to continue working in radio. I was on a path which would eventually lead me to where I am now. But it wasn't the path of stay at that radio station and work with Andy Peters or... Do you know what I mean? So I went off and learned to DJ, like taught myself how to use decks and went and was a club DJ for how many years, which, yeah, which I needed to do and it was great and I do not regret it one bit because I had a really good time but it was it was really nice to just move to Birmingham get away from that scene and focus on my new job as a radio DJ and start that next chapter of my life that's really cool mm. um, and really cool as well that you did manage to carve out because so often I think you must people must leave these big high profile shows and feel a little bit lost and not know what to do next and actually you know there's a there is a handful of people like Alison Hammond um, who you've mentioned already who have managed to carve out a bit of a well, not a bit of a career <laughs> an actual career yeah. doing something else which is brilliant yeah she's great isn't she she's so good I love Alison. She was a great guest on our podcast. But also, you're right, I I didn't know what I was going to do after that. It was a real wake-up call. And I knew that that contract had finished in radio and I wasn't... I didn't have a job. I did a couple of reality shows. They weren't big. And then I thought, well, I'm going to have to learn to DJ because I've always wanted to do it. I've got time now. Buy yourself some decks. Practice, practice, practice. Make some mixes. Send them off. And then I got gigs from that. So, yeah, I think as well as... Like, sometimes you can go off the rails, but it's up to you to decide your own destiny. And I thought, right, I'm not going to sit around and be a bum. I'm not going to be that person who went on Big Brother and then went into the wilderness. And and then, you know what I mean? Like, I didn't want to go back to a normal job, like a regular job. I say normal, like all jobs are normal. But I didn't want to go back to a regular job. I really wanted to stay in the entertainment industry or do something that was more creative than working in an investment bank on the IT help desk. Is that what what you did before before Big Brother? it was dull. I didn't enjoy it at all. Mm. So I thought, right. 
right, well, at least if I DJ, I can, you know, I'm in that scene and I'm out in clubs and I can travel the world, get paid for doing it. And it was great. I went to Brazil, Dubai. I did loads of gigs in Ireland, which I loved. I was always in Ireland. Um, I went to... Where else did I go? To Spain, to Germany, to Sweden. I, I went all around the world. It was such such a good period in my life, despite the fact it was pretty hectic and I was very tired all the time. I bet you were. I sound tired. <laughs> I feel tired as listening to you. Um, so then fast forward to today and you are um, a DJ on Virgin Radio and you've been with your fiancé... Bodge? Bodge. That's, that's it's, it. obviously, it's obviously a nickname, isn't it? But I, I feel a bit weird <laughs> not knowing him in person. I feel a bit weird calling him by his nickname. Oh, you got it right. My dad can't say his nickname and he's known him for six years. He still calls him Bosch. Bosch. Like, Hello, Bosch. How are you, son? So you're engaged to Bosch. Yeah. Um, and you've got your dogs. Yeah. And you're really settled and happy. I am. I'm so wholesome now. I never thought it would happen. The other day... I went camp. I went glamping for the weekend, and on the way down, we were listening to "Heart These Dreams," a, a classic '80s tune. And then we were listening to "The Neverending Story." Oh, and amazing. then we got to the glamp, the glamp site, and I was like, "This is great." There's a Shetland pony in the neighbouring field. Eddie Temple Morris is doing some meditation over there. He's the guy I work with. Um, we're we're like eating a lentil curry. I'm just I'm so wholesome right now. <laughs> and I thought, what's happened to me? But I'm really happy. Yeah, I love it. I love. Um, I love that I'm settled in a relationship that's really good for me. Bodge is a real calming influence and the most loving and supportive partner I've ever had. I'm, I love being a dog mum. I adopted Shirley last year, who's just, oh, she's the best. Baxter is going to be nine very soon. And it's, I love being, I love just going to the park and walking them and doing radio every day and going home and just spending time chilling out. I just, I have no interest in raving anymore. That's that's so nice. It's so nice to speak to someone who just feels content. Yeah, I am. There's but no then that brings us to the topic of your podcast, Maybe Baby. Mm-hmm. So you describe it as um, a podcast for the parentally undecided. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's not really a topic that we talk about much, is it? No. When you think about it, you know, there are so many... Um, magazine articles or books or TV shows about um, stuff that you do that's nothing to do with being a parent. Yes. Yeah. Um, whether it's hobbies or work, that kind of thing. And then there's this whole other bunch of stuff that's aimed at parents. But there's not really anything about that huge decision that you take mm. to go from one to the other. I know, it's a massive step, isn't it? But why, but why do you think it's not really talked about? I'm not sure. I think because despite... You know, the fact that women are given the choice now whether they want to con- uh, to have a baby or not, um, in well, at least in the UK anyway. Um, we're so lucky to have that freedom, but I think because so many women still want to be mums, perhaps that's why, because all of my friends are mums or mums-to-be or trying to be mums, and women are now discovering well women are now being given the opportunity to work and be parents do you know what I mean so I don't don't know there are since yesterday I've got to say since I appeared on Loose Women yesterday I have I've been inundated with messages from women who are the same as me I didn't think there were many people out there like that I thought there was something wrong with me I thought I was alone I thought I was the only I was the only woman in her late 30s that didn't want kids and then it turns out there are loads of women out there and and actually they they have the same feelings as me. They'd like to, to, to be able to say, oh, yeah, I don't want kids without being questioned or, 
reminded that they're missing out on something or try and be persuaded that they're going to change their minds because what kind of things people say to you so you must get you know comments from people i don't think anyone means it in a nasty way Mm. but like my sister the other day saw me holding my friend's newborn who was adorable little reva and she went look at you it really suits you she went just have one and i went it's it's not a handbag or a pair of shoes. I can't just take it back if I don't like it. I'm not... Like, this is a big decision. It's the biggest decision I think any woman can make. For some women, it comes really easy. Like, I'm, yeah, of course I'm going to have a baby. I want one. But for me, it's like, oh, God, am I ready for my life to change so much? Funnily enough, I was talking to... I went out for brunch with my girlfriends the other day, and my friend Faye went, Kate, um, I, do you know what? I listened to your podcast. She went, I didn't... I didn't really relate to Vogue and Spencer because, you know what, she went, they said it didn't really change your life, she went, it's really changed my life. And then my friend Nat, Faye and Nat are both mums, Nat went, sorry, I disagree, they've both got kids the same age, or like a year apart. And then Nat went, oh no, it, it's really not changed my life that much. And Faye went, well, it's completely changed my life, so I couldn't relate to Vogue and Spencer. And I was like, isn't it interesting how every woman is different, every yeah. woman is on their own journey, and actually some journeys can be great, others can be tricky, Others can be really terrifying, you know, postnatal depression. I've heard about that recently more. I haven't really looked into it enough. But, man, you hear all these stories and every woman is so different. Some women cope very well with with having four children. Others Mm. lose the plot after having just one. It's such an individual experience. And not, Mm. yeah, no one is having the same experience. Right, yeah. And I think that's why it's, it's kind of unfair to say this is what you should do. Mm-hmm. or you know and it also um, it must be hard for you because obviously the whole point of your podcast is that you are speaking to a range of people mm-hmm. to find out what their experiences are mm-hmm. to help you and Bodge decide what to do but it's really hard because just because they had that experience doesn't mean that you will yeah there's a lot of guests who are like just do it you'll be fine and I've had listeners say please tell me you're going to have someone on who hasn't had a kid it's the next episode after oh, our good. halfway Q&A yeah good 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 um, Angela Barnes comedian hilarious really good at I mean, just, she's totally upfront and honest and isn't afraid to say how she feels about not, not wanting kids, which is great and refreshing, which is what we wanted. I, th- I think what's interesting is that having listened to a few episodes and watched you on Loose Women recently, and um, I can't, I mean, there's no reason why I have to, but I can't quite get a steer on whether you absolutely don't want kids. <laughs> Or whether you still are on on the fence. Because listening to your episode with Alison Hammond, um, some some of the things that you say almost sounds like you think, yeah, I probably will do this at some point. Mm -hmm. But then other times that I hear you talking and it's like, no, 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 I've decided I'm not doing this. Are you flip-flopping back? Every single day of my life. (laughs) So look, here's the deal. Here is the honest truth. When I was 18 up until up until I was about 36 so all my life I've been against it never 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 it's never going to happen I will never have children the moment I met Bodge and he said I would just I'd love to be a dad I'd love to make babies with you something flipped in me and I was like I'd love to make babies with you if only I wanted them like genuinely I I would love to make a baby with him I'd love to see what the product of us would look like yeah. would be like whether it would have my personality traits his and see and him as like, a dad I guess as well yeah, there's something so lovely about know, seeing a yeah. dad with his baby and I know he'd be a good dad like when we babysat our friend's daughter Margot he was so cute with her and I was like oh you'd be such a good dad and he's like let me bloody impregnate you then <laughs> and I was like maybe one day but I am really considering it now more than ever the podcast is to help us make an informed decision next year because we're going to get married and then the next 
step that you know society says is get married have a kid um and also I am 40 next year and I know that I haven't got forever like genuinely if I was to be honest with you the idea of having a baby at 49 doesn't appeal to me Mm. it doesn't appeal to me you know being nearly 60 at school gates it just doesn't I I, that's and that's that's my that's how I feel that's totally fine because there's no right or wrong but so I'm like, well, hang on a second. What what age would you stop wanting to to have a baby to get pregnant? And I think my cut off, like, also out of fear of complications, things going wrong. You know, the chances of you conceiving are, uh, they get lower and lower the older you get. So it'd be 45. So I'm like, I really don't have a long time. Mm-hmm. Like I've I feel like it's now or never. But it's not going to be right now because we've got a wedding next year. So I keep putting it off. But I am really considering it. I I have so many friends with newborn babies, or they are trying, or they are pregnant, or do you know what I mean? So, and there is something there is something to be said about holding a newborn and going, oh, yeah, it would be cute. But then I give I give the newborn back, and I'm like, cool. I don't have to do anything. Yeah. I can just go and have a go and have a night out with my friends. And that's the thing. You've said that you you know you love your life the way it is. I really do. And I guess the whole kind of baby thing is such it's such a gamble. It's such an unknown thing. Here's a question for you: Did you really love your life the way it was before you even considered having a baby, or did you feel like there was something else you needed? I think I did feel like there was something else I needed when I when I think back. Um, but I think it's one of those things where we kind of just like mulled it I guess in my head I was mulling it over and like you do you kind of think what would my life be like and what what would be different and for a good couple of years sort of thinking about it until I got to the point where I said to my husband should we should we try for a baby <laughs> he was like yeah okay yeah I mean to be honest I don't think he'd given it much thought because quite often blokes don't that's a no. generalization no. but he hadn't um but yeah, I did love I did love my life, but I think that it definitely got to a point where it felt like it was something I needed to do. And if you haven't had that feeling, Kate, then I really haven't. You know, then I haven't. But when people say to me, "Look at your lifestyle now. A baby would slot in fine. You wouldn't have that fear of missing out because you're not in your twenties. You're not going to Ibiza and coming back looking like a potato. You are so." chilled out now you and bodge at the weekend you wake up you go to the shops you buy groceries you go back and you have brunch you take the dogs out for a nice walk in the evening you go to like out for dinner or around friends and it's like yeah they're like a baby would slot into that fine and they've, they've got a point but like, is that the reason to have a baby because it would slot into your life I, know. I think they're trying to convince me that my life wouldn't change that much so for example imagine finding out you're pregnant in your 20s when you are doing all the raving and all the travelling and all the fun stuff and you're like my life will change drastically now when I have a kid because I do have to grow up a little bit and be a mother and the first thing I have to think about is my child whereas you know now I wouldn't have that fear of missing out I would I would definitely but my my one of my fears is that, you know, I don't want to stop working. I really mm. do love my job. I love earning money. I love, at the end of the month, I love just being able to go and buy a new pair of shoes, not think about spending money on anything else, but bodge the dogs myself, a holiday. And I just, I, I worry that when I'm a mum, I will have to rely on bodge for money. And I'm such an independent person that I really don't want to have to do that. But you know you don't have to. I, I, I feel like I, I feel like I I'm trying to convince you right now, but I'm not. No. I'm genuinely not. No, you're just telling me how it is. I, I, I feel really strongly that um, women 
should be able to choose and that it's absolutely fine in the same way that not everyone wants to go on holiday to Vegas yeah. to some people that's the dream holiday and some people that would be their idea of hell on yeah. earth why why should everyone go on holiday to Vegas why should every woman ha- want to become a, a, a mum and why should they have to become a mum do you know mm-hmm. what I mean mm-hmm. I'm not trying to convince you no I know you're not but you are probably telling me something that I need to hear because Bodge always reminds me that I always think of the negatives he's like you never think of, you never you never say to me oh what about when our baby was was to say mum for the first time what about when we see the dogs and the baby playing like, you never ever think of anything positive you think that it's just going to be a screaming shitting little fucker for six months and then it's going to turn into a terrible toddler and then it's going to turn into a little brat kid and then it's going to turn into but a it kind of will it will like that. <laughs> no I'm, I'm, I'm not even joking all of those things will happen and but but alongside all of that stuff, you also have all those moments that you aren't thinking about. So, you know, the baby interacting with the dog and the, those heart-melting moments. And so it's almost like extreme highs and lows all the time. That's what puts me off. Well, Because right now I've just got extreme highs. Yeah. There's, nothing, there's nothing really that I have to worry about. And they, like, for example, the dogs... I've never once said it's the it's the hardest thing I've ever done getting a dog, but it's the best thing. I've only ever said it's the best thing I've ever done getting a dog. Every mum, no mum has ever said to me it's not hard. Every mum has said to me, and dad actually, it's the hardest thing you'll ever do, but the most rewarding. And I'm like, you always start with the hard. You never start with the most you always begin with it's hell, yeah. but it's also great. So I don't I'm not sure if I'm prepared to do something that hard. Because that's I'm, fine. That sounds such a selfish No, but then it's your life it, oh, and it's such a confusing I'm so torn. Some days though I go, do you know, a year ago I went to Bodge, let's have sex tonight, let's do it. Just do it. Put one in me. And once it's just done, do it. it's done. Let's just do it. I can't be bothered to wait anymore. Do it. And he went, what? And I was like, I'm fed up of just mulling it over and wondering what to do. This is before we started the podcast. And I was like, just do it. Let's just have a baby. Screw it. Let's have a baby. And then it, it'll be done. And there'll be one year. It'll be one when we, it was after we just got engaged. And I was like, it'll be one when we get married. And then the next day I was like. It can be a flower girl you know or a page boy. Yeah. I was like, by the way, you know what I said yesterday? I didn't mean it. Um, <laughs> just ignore me. Had you had a few drinks? No, I was totally sober, but I'd been out with somebody who was a real, a really good friend, but they were just saying stuff. It was almost like they were, they were, they weren't consciously trying to convince me, but they, they, they were trying to, they just kept saying stuff. And I was like, uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Okay. It might be okay. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
I've never been more confused about anything. Mm. Some days I think, yes, and also, also, like, I know... Here's the things I know in life. I know that I'll never, ever push a baby out of my vagina. I would, I would opt for an elective C-section. And the comment I made on Loose Women about Gemma, Gemma Atkinson talking about the C-section being the easy way out, I muddled my words there, I meant that people accused her of taking the easy way out when she had an emergency C-section. She didn't even have a choice. Mm. And so it was awful for her to be accused of taking the easy way out. My point was that I wouldn't care if anyone thought having a C-section was the easy way out because it's my body and it's my choice. And actually, any, every woman has the right to choose how she gives birth. It's horrendous either way you do it, where I'm standing from. For some women, giving birth is the most incredible experience and they love it. They get addicted. I think one of the scummy mummies, I think it was Helen, was saying, you know, midwives say to... It can be addictive. Midwives have said, like, women can get addicted to the to childbirth. And I have so much respect to any woman who is prepared to get pregnant and, oh, man, go through childbirth. It is the most... For me, it looks like the most empowering courageous and remarkable task <laughs> I don't know what the word is that a woman can do like yeah. I have so much respect for mums I just don't think I, I don't think I have the balls to do it myself but if I did I would definitely have a c-section I, the idea of pushing something out of my pansy as I said the other day terrifies me and I would like to think that I would be have enough god I'd love to have enough money to have a night nanny because the one thing that new mums say is the worst is the sleep deprivation yeah so I'm making bodge save and I'm saving myself now just in case and also the compromise would be one so bodge used to say to me we have to have two you can't just have one it's not fair and I said look sunny Jim the compromise would be one because you've got to remember that I'm I don't even want one and you're saying you want two yeah okay thinking back to when you and Bodge were um, quite, quite newly together and you first had that conversation um, where you admitted not admitted like it's like it's a, a terrible thing that you, you first told him I don't want to have children and he said to you I do what was that like? he was absolutely fine he did not care one single bit because at that time I'd just come out of a long term relationship and he he thought, well, this is probably just going to be a bit of fun and then it'll end at some point because she is, she's, got in, she's got into a relationship far too soon. So he didn't care. He didn't mind. And, and that was good. I, I felt really positive going in, like, further and further in. Like, the more we... The more time we spent together, the deeper we fell in love, the more I kept saying, just so you know, I'm not getting... I don't want to get married and I don't want to have kids. He was like, fine. I'm not... Have I... I do want to be a dad. You'll ch- I know in the back of his mind, he he fully thought I'd changed my mind by the time I was, like, 38, and I hadn't, and then by the time I was 39, and I haven't. He's still hoping I'll change my mind, and I'm still hoping for his sake that I'll change my mind. And I do think some days I'm like, I'll do it. We'll still, you know what, the day we marry each other, you can, you can, we can try. Sow your seed. We, <laughs> you can sow your seed. You can stick a bun in my oven, son, or you can try to anyway. Um... And I'm still hoping that, like, I will feel differently when I'm married and that perhaps this switch will flick and I'll go, right, we're married now, let's have a baby. And what if it doesn't? If it doesn't, we're up shit creek. Do you think it's a deal no. breaker? He, he used to say, we'll cross that bridge when we, come, when we come to it, and I knew what that meant. I was like, that's not a very nice thing to say. Because I, I would sit down and I'd say, let's have a chat. So what if we get to mid-40s and I still, I still haven't given you a baby? You'll probably... Divorce me, won't you? And then go off with somebody who will give you a baby. And he was like, let's just cross that bridge when we come to it. And I'm like, oh. I so know what. But after we recorded the podcast, 
and Scummy Mummy's episode went out. He was at home in bed, ill, and I went. Up, I came back from work, and I got into bed with him, and he was like, let's have a chat. And I was like, oh, OK. And he said, I just want you to know that if you never decide to, ch- to change your mind, if you never decide you want kids, um, it's OK. I just want to let you know that if you choose, that you, if you if you stick to your guns and you don't change your mind, I would I would rather be with you and not have babies than not be with you. And I was I was crying. That's so lovely because I, that was the first time I'd heard it in six years. And so doing this podcast, if anything comes out this podcast, even if it isn't a baby, it's the fact that I now know that I have yeah. reassurance from my fiance that he's fiance that he's not going to leave me if yeah. I if I don't change my mind. It's Pinky sad. promise. Pinky promise. <laughs> I mean, him. look, he might change his mind. Get him to say something. <laughs> I'd love him to. But, yeah, he's he's said it. He's And that's, that's given me, like, real, I don't know, I just feel so secure now mm. marrying him because for the last six months I've been like, what are we doing getting married if we're still not, you know, in agreement? Yeah, in alignment. Because yeah. it's such a huge thing, isn't it, for... for for you guys not to be 100% in agreement. But that must be so common. There must be so many couples yeah. who feel very differently <clears throat> about... A lot of my friends have said, by the way, you know how you said you would want to go back to work straight away? You will change your mind. Yeah, but you and might I not. Said, really? They're all convinced that I won't want to go back to work. Because I said, oh, I could go back to work within 12 weeks, right? And they were <laughs> mad. They, they said, no, you probably won't want to go back to work as quickly as you think. So but I then, said, okay. like we said earlier, everyone is different. Mm-hmm. So this time around, I thought to myself, right, I'm definitely going to take two or three months off and then I'll go back to work. But I work from home, so I can just be like pulling the laptop out and sitting on the sofa and doing a bit of work, yeah. you know, and then stopping and breastfeeding my, my twin babies and then doing a bit more work. Um, and so I thought, I'll definitely take two or three months off. But in the end, I decided when it got to that point, I was like, oh, I'll just take a bit longer, just take a bit longer. And I think it was like four or five months I took off. But you just don't know how you're yeah. going to feel. And other people saying to you, oh, no, 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 you you definitely won't want to go back to work. You don't know how you're going to feel. No, you don't. God, were you expecting... Did you have any idea that twins are twins one in your family? So I had IVF oh, and um, we had two eggs put back in. But we think that we think they're this is a bit of a thing. We think they're identical. We've been told all the way along that it was one egg that split, and um, at the twelve week scan we were told they're identical twins, and um, they're sharing a placenta, which only happens with identical twins. Yeah, you're a twin. I'm telling you this like yeah. you don't know about twins. No, but you're but a twin. I, I am a twin. You're a non-identical twin, aren't you? Non-identical. Yeah. Yeah, you're fraternal. Um, and but they don't look the same. My, my my two twins look very different. That is exactly the same as my mum was told. My mum was told we were identical twins. No. Because I think, it, correct me if I'm wrong, I swear, I heard on Chloe Hooper's podcast the other day, I read as well, I read up on it. Only this morning did I look up on it. There are loads of different types of twins, so they can share sacs, amniotic. Yes, what is it called? amniotic sacs. Sacks, yeah. So you can share a sac, but not be, or, or not be, or share a placenta, and not be. So my mum yeah. was told that we were identical twins, and she said, she said medically you are identical, and I was like, medically we aren't, mum, because we don't look alike. If we were identical, she went, no, I was told you were identical, and I need to have this conversation with my mum because I've never really had it with her, and yeah. because I've been exploring the whole twin thing more, because yeah. I know that my chances of having twins are higher because I'm a fraternal twin. And I'm and I'm, I'm I'm an older like I'm not an older mum, but I would be an older mum, right? Yeah. Um, 
I'm petrified because the chances can be increased. Uh, the chances are as many as one in seven mm. for me. Mm. And so I said to my mum, so I need to have this conversation with her, but she was convinced. She said, I was told you're identical twins, so you came out and you don't look a thing like you. Thing. She's, my twin's five foot ten, I'm five foot six. She had the big boobs, I had the small boobs. Like, totally different. We look really different. We've got the same mannerisms and everything. Yeah. So it's interesting, isn't it, what you're told? So I think I, you should look into it. The I, whole I, placenta amniotic sac thing. Well, okay, so my twins, um, they had their own amniotic sacs, but they were sharing a placenta. Oh, it's so, so blooming confusing. It, it's so confusing. And I know that Clemmie Hooper's twins had their own amniotic sacs and their own placentas. Because I, 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 me and her were WhatsApping each other when I was pregnant. <laughs> and I was like, Clemmie, I need your help. You know, twin pregnancy. Um, and But I also then read that sometimes two placentas can merge and it can look like one. So I'm wondering if that happened, and actually, it's fascinating. It doesn't isn't it? even matter in the same way that your mum, you know. Oh yeah, it doesn't matter. It's just interesting to look into, isn't yeah. it? To find out. Um, and also, what's interesting is the amount of twins now being born. Yeah. Not just because of IVF, but because women are having kids later on in life. So what happens is, you might know this already, but the older you get, the more chances you have of each month in your menstrual cycle, you release more than one egg. Yeah, I only discovered this recently. So yeah, your body's like, hurry up before it's too late. I'm going to fire a few more out. Yeah. Um, That's interesting. And also, the more times you've been pregnant, the more likely you are to have... If you've been pregnant full term and you've you've, um, given birth to the baby... This, I don't know if this is true or not, but I've read up a few articles on this. But the more times you've been pregnant and you've and you've gone full term, the more likely you are to have twins as well. Wow. And take that into consideration with your age. Yeah. The older women tend to give birth to twins more and if you've got fraternal. Yeah, so fraternal twins are hereditary, but identical twins aren't hereditary. Yeah. So yeah, if you are my a fraternal twin. Yeah, my mum's nan was apparently my mum's nan was a twin, but she died at birth. Mm. Which must have happened so much yeah. back in the day, and also even before, like during pregnancy, a lot of twins must have been. Or she might have lost the baby. She was a twin. She might have lost one of them before. Mm. I can't remember what happened. My mum has told me that it was my nan's mum that was a twin, or that. I think that's another reason why there's an increase in twins as well, because more twins make it to being born healthily because of medical science and because we... I mean, I was scanned every two weeks during my pregnancy so they could keep an eye on everything and make sure that things were fine. Whereas, you know, even in the 70s, that wasn't necessarily the case, so... It's, it's fascinating, isn't it? So you've got this imagine fear that you're going to get pregnant and have twins. Yeah, that's one of my biggest fears because I just feel like I know everyone, was, it would have to happen to me, that saying. I said to Bodge, can you imagine? I go through this whole thing and I'm like, okay, let's do it. Let's just have one. And, and all my friends were like, it'd be great. You just get it over and done with. And I'm like, no, having one would be getting it over and done with for me if it's twins. I mean, I do like... I'm a twin and it's the best thing ever. I really enjoy being a twin, especially because we're so different. It mm. means, I mean, I think we'd, we'd, we'd get on if we were similar. I don't know. But it's, it's it, yeah, that would, oh, I don't even want to think about it. If that was to happen, I would be terrified. Um, the twins that we, on the artwork of our podcast, maybe baby. Oh, are these twins? twins yeah. Are they? Finn and Brody. Yeah. 
my uh, friends Michelle and Ali had them. I wondered where you'd borrowed those yeah. twins for, like, those, those babies the boys. for. Them. That's They're so, so cool. cute. That's brilliant. She's tiny as well. I should give birth to them. But why do you think that in 2019, we're still in a place where you're, you're having to have this conversation with so many people, where you're almost having to justify, even in your own yeah. head, never mind other people, why you don't want to, or you're not sure if you want to have a baby? I'm not sure why we're still having to debate it. I feel like women should be free to say, oh, I'm not going to have kids and that be it. Because imagine, like, you say, oh, I'm pregnant, and someone says to you, oh, why would you want a baby? How offensive that would sound. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you'd be offended, right? Yeah. So when you say, oh, I'm not, probably not going to have kids, or I don't want kids right now, oh, but you're 39, you don't want to leave it too late. That's what I get the most. You don't leave it too late. Or, oh, you... So when, in my 20s, everyone said I'd change my mind. Oh, you just haven't met the right guy yet. Which is kind of patronising in a way, almost like telling you, oh, yeah, you will change your mind. <laughs> I know. Like, why? Why is this the what one you, thing in life yeah. where it's just assumed that you will get to the point where you think a certain way? There is a woman who has had... I think she tried to get her tubes tied and she was 22. Have you read about this? Yes. Yeah. It's quite... I mean... I think that's quite an extreme. Is she the one? Was she on the Kathy Burke documentary? Yeah, she's on Kathy Burke, which it's is such an amazing documentary. It's incredible. I really enjoyed that episode. Um, but it's quite extreme when you're 22. You, you you might change your mind at that age. Like I'd understand if you want to get your tubes tied at 40, because you've gone your whole life. And if you really think that you won't change your mind, you probably won't at 40. I mean, maybe you will. But then in a way, like sometimes, <clears throat> if you know something inherently deep inside you, then you know, then why are you going to maybe change your mind in 10, 20 years' time? So here's where I think I'm on the fence. Like, I know I'm on the fence. Because if someone said to me tomorrow, well, if you don't want kids, go and have your tubes tomorrow. Go and get it done tomorrow. We've got a free slot. You booked in. We're paying for you to do it. Go. I'd say no. Right. I'd be too scared just in case I did change my mind. Yeah. So I can't be... I mean, I know that I'm... I've My whole life I've been against the idea of having children, but I definitely feel like now more than ever I'm questioning the idea of what it would be like. And obviously I'm with somebody who I look at and think, you are too beautiful to not procreate. Like, you have to make babies. And also, he's super intelligent, so it's not just, you know, it's not just about looks. But I don't know why the conversation still still happens with women and, and those who want to, like, debate women about their decision and sort of try and persuade them or try and remind them uh, of what they're missing out on. I think like, that's, It just needs to be accepted. It does, and I think that's why that Kathy Burke documentary was so interesting to watch because she was somebody who has not had kids and doesn't regret it at all. Yeah. And see her, her going on that journey where she was interviewing the lady who was going to get her um, eggs frozen. Yeah. Is that something that you have ever thought about doing? No, I've never thought about getting my eggs frozen. Um... I could, I know I could do. I just, I've, I guess the reason I haven't chosen to get my eggs frozen is because I always felt like I wouldn't need to use those eggs in the future mm. because I wouldn't change my mind. Yeah. So it never appealed to me until recently when we decided that we were going to do an episode where we go to a fertility clinic and we, and we have a checkup to see how fit we are fertility-wise. We're going to do that on the series. It's going to be towards the end. And, and I don't know how it's going to make me feel if, if the doctor says to me, you're really low. She'd probably be telling me something I already know. You know, I'm not I'm not 18 anymore. I'm I'm nearly 40, so my egg count probably will be low, right? Will there be part of you, do you think, that will be a bit relieved if that happens? And I say that as somebody oh, who... Me. I say that as somebody who, um, years ago, so when I had my eldest, nine years ago, I suffered from really bad PND, and Sorry, I... Sorry, I don't know what that is. 
postnatal depression. depression. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't know what it was. I had to think. Just I'm, just, I'm just like, you know, ruling out the acronyms as if know. everyone knows what they mean. I, know. I should know. I know I did. As soon as I said it, I was postnatal like, depression. depression. Of course, yeah. Um, I spoke about it the other day with my friend. She yeah. said, you'll get it if, you, if you're having a baby. Just have a baby with Bodge. Like, don't have a baby just because he wants it. You will suffer from postnatal depression if you don't want it. I was like, oh. Not necessarily, to be fair. Gee whiz. That's quite an extreme thing to say. She was like, oh, I worry about you with postnatal depression. If you're just going to have a baby because Bodge wants you to. And I was like... That's not uh, a given. No, 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 no. Honestly, that's not something that you should be worrying about. So, yeah, what you were saying about... No, do you think I'd be relieved as in to, to... Yeah, do you think that if you find out that actually your fertility was very, very low and um, you weren't... You didn't have a, a big cha- a good chance of conceiving, would there be a small part of you who would think, oh, I'm off the hook? I have no idea. Part of me thinks that I would feel relieved. Another part of me thinks that I would... I'd say to Martin, right, let's do it. Would, it, would you know, that switch flick? I yeah. don't know. Yeah. It's really hard. So we're going to do it and then I'll know how I feel. I could be told that I have no ex, but we'll have to, I guess, cross that bridge, right? Yeah, cross that bridge. Um, so are you getting, you said that you were getting messages since you appeared on Loose Women um, from women who feel the same way as you. That must be quite an amazing feeling that it's you, nice. you're you almost like offering some kind of support and that feeling yeah. of they're not alone in this world, feeling yeah. the way they feel. It's made me feel happy that we've opened up the conversation by doing a podcast because... Um, I was asked, why did you do the podcast? Why didn't you just talk to pregnant people that you knew, pregnant friends, family? And I thought, well, it's nice to open up the conversation in case people are feeling, Mm -hmm. in case other women are feeling how I feel. Or uh, there are men and women who are in relationships or men and women and women or men and men who where one wants a baby and the other doesn't. And it turns out there are. So it's been really lovely hearing from women who are in the same position. Most couples are both in agreement that they both don't want children which is really nice because they're like happy with their decision not to have children so I'm like oh I feel a bit envious that they're they're in a relationship where both of them agree they don't want kids but there are other women who have uh, got in touch not many but there are women who have got in touch with me to say I'm exactly the same and Mm. my friend my friend's friend she broke up with her partner because he wanted kids she didn't then they went to counselling because of it then they broke up and then they got together because he was like I want to be with you kids or not and are they still together together, wow so it's really nice to hear from women and men who are in the same position and i've responded to all the messages i got yesterday off the back of me appearing on loose women because i was inundated just for that day Mm. and it was really lovely to hear from you know just from people who are in the same position as you because i thought i was alone like all of my friends none of them shared my view so wow it's just lovely to know that i'm other people are in the same boat yeah well, Kate, I just really hope that through all of this, you do come to some kind of conclusion that both you and Bod are happy with. Mm. I'm sure you will. Yeah. Whatever happens. Well, the moment he said to me for that first time in bed the other day where he went, I'd rather be with you and not have children than break up. So no pressure. Yeah. Nothing. And I thought, I, went, I came away going, oh, OK. Well, what if I what if I want to change my mind? And I thought, is this reverse psychology? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, who knows? Well, good luck with everything. What do you think I'll do? Oh, I Make don't know. Prediction. <laughs> my prediction is oh, I don't know, Kate. That's a really hard I question. I don't even know. I think that you will, and oh, I think you will have a baby. Do you think? And I think that this sounds. I don't want to be one of those patronising people who says. 
oh, you'll love it when it happens. You know, you just you just don't know what it's like. But I think if it does happen, you will you will look back and you'll think, oh, <laughs> I spent all that time agonising over it, and it's it's actually okay. I feel like if I do have a child, I know I won't regret it because yeah. how could I how could I not love something that I've made with the person I want to spend the rest of my life with? I know I know deep down in my heart that I could, that I will love this baby. It's just getting to that stage. And That's also, the problem. It's like it's, it's it's facing the fear and doing it. It is, and you will absolutely have those moments at three a.m. where you're knackered and you've got a screaming baby, <laughs> and you think, "Why did we do this?" Because everyone has those moments, mm-hmm. but then. You will at 9am the next day when you've got a cup of coffee and you're saddled up with your baby and you're watching daytime TV, you'll think, actually, no, this is okay. This is this is all right. He's hoping. Yeah. Oh, good luck. <laughs> Thank I'm, you. You know what? I'm going to be following what happens <laughs> with such interest and just, you know, just wishing you all the best. The so. next year is going to be interesting because this time next year, I know that Bodge would like me to be pregnant, so... Ah! whatever happens good luck yeah thank you for being my guest today it has been a joy to talk to you thanks for coming it's been a joy to talk to you too thank you okay so what do you think that kate will end up doing i actually have no idea uh but thank you so much for listening to our chat today it has been such a good episode uh, please hop onto itunes and rate and review and subscribe and i'll catch up with you next time Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.